sports betting radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Hi, welcome back to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490. Thanks again to Kai Carlin, 76ers writer, insider, uh, joining me to talk about the big news the Sixers made today. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what the Sixers are able to do this offseason. But now it's football time. It's time for your football fix. Just like we do every single night right here at 1030, Eagles insider John McMullen, and we have a lot to talk about. The injury report is updated, has been released earlier today. John was at practice earlier today. Um, so let's get into it. And where do we start? We I did see that Jalen Rager practiced, Goddard practiced, Peters looks like he's going to be at tackle, um, and much more. Right, John? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, good news on the injury front, which obviously has been rare for the Eagles. But uh, essentially those five guys that they started to practice uh, windows on, uh, 21-day practice windows on injured reserve, all of them trending in a very positive direction uh, in the three major ones, as you mentioned, uh, were, were kind of, uh, more questionable, so to speak, than T.J. Edwards and Rudy Ford, who are supposed to be back. Uh, and you mentioned Jason Peters back at left tackle, first-team left tackle. I'm not sure people are going to be happy about that, but that's the way it seems to be shaking out uh, in, in Doug Peterson. Um, and Carson Wentz kind of alluded to that, um, that when he's healthy and back, he's going to be back at left tackle. Jalen Rager was was um, um, pretty much a full go. Remember, when you see those injury reports, these guys are still on injured reserve, so you don't have to put them on the injury report. So you don't have to say limited, full. Uh, but Jalen was back returning punts, so it's pretty clear uh, he's going to be on track to play Sunday night. And I would say Dallas Goddard would be the most iffy of the big three, but he looked fine, um, so I think that's trending in a positive direction as well. And then you start talking about okay, you gotta you gotta create room for these guys. The Eagles only have two roster spots for five players, so they got to figure out three more spots, and that means some of the um, lower level guys are going to have to go. Uh, hopefully, you get them through waivers and, and get them back on the practice squad, but. Eagles are going to have to make decisions because these guys are are coming back. So what do you uh, anticipate the starting offensive line to look like Sunday night? Well, a lot depends on Lane Johnson, who did not practice today, and that's not an indication that he won't play because uh, Doug Peterson had mentioned uh, earlier this week that, hey, Lane – wants to go, he's not going to stand in his way. And we all know Lane's mentality. But if you just look at, at the schedule and, and the fact that you have the bye week after Sunday night, it might be a more prudent decision to try to get through this game without him. Uh, and we'll see how that shakes out. But, again, this has happened since basically the tight right 
tight rope surgery on his ankle. Um, the Eagles have been trying to massage, so to speak, Lane during the week to get him to game day. And now you're dealing with a sprained MCL on top of it. Um, so it's it's not a, a clear indication by any means he's not going to play. This is just the typical way they've been going about trying to get him to game days. So uh, a lot depends on him. Obviously, if he's a right tackle, then you have Jason Peters at left tackle. Looks like they're going to go back to Nate Herbig at left guard, Matt Pryor at right guard. Uh, and that's Sua Opeta did not play well in his opportunity against the Giants, so it looks like they're going to default back to that now that Matt Pryor's back off the COVID-19 list and has an opportunity to practice. Remember, last week uh, he was available, but it was that short week uh, with the Giants, and essentially he didn't have time to practice. So that's why Matt was kind of held out of that one. Um, so he'll be back, and and then it all goes back to Lane. So if Lane uh, isn't able to go, looks like Jordan Mailata would flip from left tackle to right tackle. Uh, so a lot of it's a lot of moving parts, but that's that's where we are. What are your thoughts on Jason Peters potentially, you know, back at left tackle starting? Well, I, I think there's two ways to look at it. He's clearly still a better left tackle than Jordan Mailata. Um And I know people aren't going to like that, uh, but he is. Uh, and um, you still have the reality of what he has been, not only this season but recent seasons, uh, in the fact he always seems to be banged up. He always seems to have to leave. Uh, for certain periods of the game. So you need a capable backup, and that's where Jordan would fit in. And he's proven a lot of things. Um, and, and to be honest, I think he's proven some things to the Eagles. I, I, I don't think the organization thought he was capable of this. But that said, he did play poorly against the Giants. That was the first game where he kind of uh, played like most people expected him to play, and that's not that well um so I, I think you know it's one of those things where from the organization standpoint they can almost use it as an excuse and say oh look you know they're finally catching up to jordan let's go back to jason i think that's sort of the way they're thinking about it and because <laughs> there's a pr hurdle here and for whatever reason um the fan base has kind of grown tired, I guess, of Jason Peters, for lack of a better word. Uh, they don't want him playing for the most part, and they'd rather see the young player. And and from that standpoint, you can make a, an argument, and some would say it's a strong argument, that Jason Peters isn't going to be here next year, so why not get Jordan Mylotta reps? And then you could start talking about the future of left tackle because Andre Dillard has proven nothing. So it's not like you can just go back to Andre Dillard and say, okay, that's our left tackle. So if you have more than one option, I think that's helpful. So I, you can look at it both ways, but the, the Eagles are the Eagles, man. They're, they're going for this. They think they're going to win the division. They're probably right, let's be honest. It's a terrible division. We've talked about it a lot. They're getting healthier. 
Uh, they're only going to get better. They're going to distance themselves from three really, really bad teams. And then they're going to roll the dice in the playoffs. And their mentality is get the best players out there. And Jason Peters is still a better player than Jordan Mailata. That's harsh, but it's true. Doug uh, explained in an answer regarding some injuries that Alshon Jeffrey is more day-to-day while some others are just day-to-day. <laughs> so what's what's going on with Alshon Jeffrey? Is he did he really suffer a significant setback or are they just you know they're done with him? Uh they would like to be done with him and uh they would like to trade him uh in the trade lines coming uh trade deadlines coming up on election day uh November 3rd so next Tuesday. Uh but you know it's not teams lining up to pay Alshon Jeffrey significant money coming off an injury and then give up something on top of it, even if it's a, at this stage probably the best you could hope for from the Eagles' perspective is a conditional seventh-round pick. Um, and, the, I, you know, they would take that to get rid of the contract. Uh, things changed. I mean, they, they wanted him back in the lineup. Um, because they needed him, and then Travis Fulgham happened. And kind of what I just talked about with the same discussion of Jordan Mailata with uh, Jason Peters, there's no way Alshon's here next year. So why don't you want to get the young player, the reps, and, and the experience? And, oh, by the way, Travis has played really well, you know, People will say Jordan has played surprisingly well, and and that's probably the case. Travis has played really well, well compared to big-time NFL receivers. That's It's a very small sample size, but he has performed. So they don't want all Sean Jeffrey now back on the field. They don't want anything to do with him back on the field. So, I you know, just knowing Alshon, he's not going to go along with some convoluted scheme to say he hurt his calf to slow him down a little bit. So I, I, I do think he, he tweaked his calf. But it's one of those things where the Eagles are certainly not going to push him back on the field and say, make sure you're 100% because they don't want him on the field. That's, that's the honest assessment of that. Well, another wide receiver that you've already brought up that the Eagles do want on the field, Jalen Rager. Um, how much of him do you expect to see potentially Sunday night, and how will he be used? Uh, you know, I always go back to the reason why he was drafted, and there's a lot of concern now because Justin Jefferson has kind of hit the ground running. And, you know, most people looked at him and say, said correctly so you have to be honest about it uh, it's not hindsight he he was a a more uh finished product a more well-rounded receiver um and that's shown up um but the eagles went in a different direction for a reason and that reason was they wanted a specific type of player 
and a different type of receiver, and that was a guy who could stretch the field uh, both vertically and horizontally. And I always use the name Tyreek Hill. That's what they're trying. And I hesitate, and I said that on your show before, Ryan, I hesitate to use that. They're not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but they want that type of player, that type of presence on the field, the guy who can just as easily run the jet sweep as run uh, as you know running a go route down the field. That's the type of presence they want. That's the type of presence they envision from Jalen Rager at some point, and that's why they drafted him over uh, Justin Jefferson. Uh, and they want him back on the field, and they're going to use him a lot. And question is, how healthy is he? How How is he from a conditioning standpoint? But, you know, he's going to be a big part of this offense. And uh, you're going to start seeing more of those bells and whistles that people always want to see and always think uh, is inventive and um, – Sexy, whatever adjective you want to use, you're going to start seeing more of that if Jalen Rager's on the field. All right, so on the flip side of things, what's an update regarding Andy Dalton? Is there any chance Dalton plays Sunday or no way? Uh, It's not. He he wasn't at practice today. He was in a team meeting, um, and he wasn't allowed. The protocols for concussions are – very strange in the NFL. but So he was allowed to do a team meeting, but he was not allowed to do positional meetings, and obviously he's not allowed to practice. So he's got a long way to go uh, to pass that protocol in a very short uh, amount of time. Um, so it's looking like it's going to be Ben DiNucci as the starter, um, and obviously that's not a good situation for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but there's always a chance, and, it, you know, if you get to Friday, um, he is a veteran quarterback. He probably doesn't need um, much practice to get ready uh, from a, a rep standpoint because he's started so many games in this league. So there's an outside chance, but you're probably talking 10%, 15% at best. Yeah, so Ben DiNucci is the guy, and we talked a little bit uh, last night about how Jim Schwartz uh, and the rest of the staff are trying to get prepared for him. Um, You know, I don't know what the challenges are, if any, but you have to get to him, and Brandon Graham has certainly been successful at getting to any of the opposing quarterbacks throughout the year. Six sacks, one of the best uh, in the league so far. So talk about BG and what he's been able to do this late in his career. Yeah, I mean, he's having a great season. He's having one of his best seasons. It's interesting. I mean, people are obsessed with that sack number, uh, and he's getting them. Um, and, you know, that's been the one issue uh, with Brandon. has never had uh, double-digit sacks. He topped out at nine and a half. Uh, but he's been – past five years really he's been one of the best two-way edge players in this league i mean he's not only uh great when it comes to a pressure standpoint but uh he's great in run defense 
Uh, he's only gotten better. He used sort of we've talked about the pandemic and the off season, and and some players use that well. Some players use that poorly. You know, Brandon used all that time well. He came in in the best shape he's ever been in. I, I often joke, you know, he's from the Detroit area, um, still lives out there in the off season, and he worked out with Darius Slay in the off season, who obviously played for the Lions and was in the, the D- Detroit area. And they would post their their videos on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, in various social media platforms when they were working out. And you can go back and look at these things. Brandon looks more athletic than Darius Slay. That's how uh, impactful his off-season workouts were. That's how explosive he looked. Uh, that's how quick he looked. Uh, and it's showing up on the field. And he was a really good player before that. And I, I just tweeted out this week i don't i don't know because of the way his career started and which was obviously very slow he was a late bloomer early all the earl thomas talk not only earl thomas but jason pierre paul for whatever reason eagles fans don't realize how good this player is this is an all-time all-time eagles great and i it's weird people don't recognize it yeah, he's really, I mean, what he's been able to do is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, the big-time plays, the consistency, I don't know. I and guess the Super Bowl. It, yeah, the Super Bowl it's play. Bizarre. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. you know, how can you miss it? I, he doesn't really pop out at you when you're watching him. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, validate or make sense of it. But you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the facts. If that's it. If, if he did have. Uh, a couple seasons of 14, 15 sacks, it would be a different narrative. But uh, a lot of times, you know, it's more important to be a more well-rounded player. Like, you know, you have those couple seasons of Jason Babin, who's leading the league in sacks, and, you know, he's a one-dimensional player, whereas Brandon is that all-around dominant edge player uh, and has been for a really long time now. And I think it's ironic that, he ultimately he far outlasted Earl Thomas with Seattle and, and Jason Pierre-Paul with the Giants. So uh, it didn't start out great. I, I remember Brandon tells the story all the time. He thought he was going to get cut when when Chip got here, and Chip fell in love with Travis Long. People don't even remember Travis Long. He was the guy who tore his ACL in back-to-back seasons. Uh Brandon Graham thought he was going to get cut. Uh, that's how bad it was uh, at the beginning of the Chip Kelly era. And then it just took off, and he has been a, a great player, a great player. Um, and it sometimes that happens. It, Evan Mathis is another guy. People remember him on the offensive line. Late bloomer and, and turned into a great player uh, later than most people did. All right, John, before I let you go here, um, how important is it for Carson Wentz and this Eagles team to just take care of business? I know there's no style points in the NFL, but just get out to an early lead, keep it, 
and ideally win this game by by two touchdowns or more. I know that may be a silly question, but we just haven't seen that once yet this year, and this sets up for the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah, it really does. Not not only because of the you know the Cowboys are down to their third string quarterback, but also they've struggled so much defensively. They're the worst uh, scoring defense in the NFL. So. Uh, everything is trending in a positive direction for the Eagles. It can't be a Giants game where they played poorly uh, for most of the game and, and pulled it out and deserve credit for that at the end. But, yeah, at some point, style points don't mean much, but if they make you feel better. And the Eagles need some style points, and they need to take advantage of a team that is struggling. Um, and has given up. Let's be honest. They traded Everson Griffin. They they cut Don Terry Poe. They cut Daryl Worley. Um, they're kind of raising the white flag. Uh, so they're not exactly going to show up Sunday night expecting to win the football game with a third-string quarterback. And I think the Eagles, especially if Jalen Rager is back, and he will be, uh, he's going to play. Dallas got Dallas Goddard. I think it's going to play, but that's more iffy. Uh, if you get both of those guys back. Now, the one we haven't mentioned, and I should before I go, Miles Sanders did not practice today, so that's not trending in a positive direction. So that's the one, perhaps, issue. All right. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on it, and we'll talk more about it tomorrow as well as Friday right here on The Fix for your football fix with Eagles Insider John McMullen at JF McMullen on Twitter, extending the play right here every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., phillyvoice.com and si.com. All right, John, appreciate it, man. All right, thanks, Ryan. Yep, thank you. The Eagles just need to take care of business. They need to, (laughs) I know it sounds silly, listen, we'll all be happy if they just win. But then again, we won't. (laughs) You know if they struggle, if they get down early and then they look ugly and they win with a bunch of field goals and missed opportunities. You know the narrative and you know what we will be talking about. And they have a bye week, so we'll be talking about it for way too long. Just take care of business, do what you need to do, and win, and win big. Win, Rocky. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parties, parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.